0: This is 99% invisible. I'm Roman Mars. In 2016, the Swedish Tourist Association announced a new service called The Swedish Number. If you dial the telephone number plus +46771793336, you will be connected with a random Swede.
1: You will soon be connected to a random Swede somewhere in Sweden. Hello?
0: Hello? Hello,
1: this is Ulla.
2: Hello. Hello, and welcome to Sweden. Oh, hi. Is this a random Swedish person? Yeah, this is a Swedish person. Okay.
0: Cold calling the Swedes is Will Coley.
2: I'm a reporter, and I have one question for you. What do you think of when I tell you the date, 3rd of September, 1967? 1967.
1: 1967, September 3rd. Could maybe be... The left to right. uh Yeah, that's... The, uh, when we changed to right and
2: traffic. We called about a dozen Swedes, and for the most part, if they were alive and in country for any part of the 1960s, the date September 3rd, 1967 was a hugely important and heralded day.
0: Dog and Ho. Dog and Ho. H day.
2: Yeah, H day, yeah. Short for Höge Trafik Om Langningen, or something
0: like that, I think. Sorry. No,
2: Höge meaning the right-hand traffic diversion.
0: H-Day was the day that 7.8 million Swedes switched the side of the road they drive on, from the left side to the right. It would be the most massive overhaul in driving infrastructure that any country had ever seen. Historically, if you're riding a horse, generally you want to keep to the left so that you can use your right hand to greet passers-by or, you know, whack them with a sword. But with the advent of the horse-drawn carriage, there were some conditions in which it made sense to stick to the right, and customs could vary by country.
2: And as cars became more common, they followed the same laws that were established for horse-drawn traffic.
0: Up until 1967, Sweden drove on the left side of the road.
2: Which set it apart from its neighboring countries, Finland, Norway, and Denmark, all of which drove on the right.
0: And this presented
1: problems. The biggest problem was the accidents with Swedish drivers abroad and the visitors in Sweden who also had difficulties with the change from right-hand driving to left-hand driving. And these accidents increased continuously.
2: This is psychologist Anders Englund. When he says left-hand driving, he means driving on the left-hand side of the road. When Anders started working with the Swedish government in the 1960s, they were tired of seeing Swedes getting into car accidents abroad and having tourists and truck drivers from other countries getting into car accidents in Sweden.
1: There was also some motor vehicles were adapted to right-hand driving.
2: Swedish car companies made vehicles that were meant to be driven on the right so they could be exported more easily. But these cars also found their way onto roads in Sweden.
0: And that was a problem. Namely, having your steering wheel on the outside edge of the road.
1: Overtaking or passing, as you say, in your country, you don't
0: see the oncoming cars. It was a big mess. The Swedish government thought it could get a lot better if they just switched what side of the road they drove on, if they could drive on the right like most of Europe. Legislative action to switch driving side had been attempted before, a few times actually, but it always failed.
2: And then, in the early 1960s, the Swedish government thought that this could be the time. They put it to a public vote, asking the Swedish populace to decide.
0: The answer from the people was a resounding
1: no. 83 percent of the people in Sweden voted for keeping left-hand driving.
0: So the government just went ahead and did it anyway.
1: Sweden likes to be looked upon as a democratic country, and (laughs) despite that, the government decided that we must change this.
2: Anders England served as part of the team that would help make that change. I was
1: secretary in The Scientific Working Group.
2: As secretary, Anders supervised three teams. One assessing what methods they should deploy for an educational campaign. One trying to forecast what problems they might encounter.
1: And a third one for mass media.
2: One of Anders' jobs was helping to come up with informational materials for the switch. Like a pamphlet that would explain what would be different, what to watch out for, and what rules to follow.
0: And just take a second to think about what kind of a job this is. If you've ever been in a car driving on the opposite side of what you're used to, everything feels wrong. So you need to teach people to identify what is actually correct, even though it feels wrong, and what's actually just wrong, wrong.
2: The pamphlet Anders and his team worked on shows where your car goes when you make a right turn or a left turn, how to pass, what pedestrians should be aware of.
1: How they should move. How they shall drive.
2: The two most important things that the pamphlet did was, one, to familiarize Sweden with a new traffic sign. The six-formed
1: sign with a leaning H in the middle.
0: A hexagon sign with an H in it.
2: H for höger or right. These signs would be visible on the roads after the switch. And there were also little stickers with an H you could put on the inside of your windshield to remind yourself while you're driving.
0: In fact, you might still spot an H-sticker inside some of the older cars in Sweden.
2: The second super important part of the public education campaign was the date of the switch. September 3rd, 1967. Dog and hoe. H-Day.
0: The pamphlet was a good start in getting people ready for H-Day, but soon the government realized they needed to bring out the big guns. They wanted to unleash their nation's most effective weapon for penetrating people's hearts and minds
1: pop
2: music. Sweden's television station had put out a competition to come up with the best song to teach people about H-Day. The winner, The Telstars with halldig dig
1: Svensson
0: Translation, keep to the right, Svensson.
2: Svensson being a stereotypically common Swedish last name, like Smith or Jones. There's also a bit of wordplay here. In Swedish, keeping to the right is shorthand for being faithful to your spouse. Going left means having an affair.
0: The government had spent four years getting the country ready, The official H-Day pamphlet had gone out to every Swede. The Svensson song had lodged itself in people's brains. PSAs had saturated the airwaves.
2: September had arrived. The evening of the second became the morning of the third.
0: Everyone knew the drill.
2: H-Day was here. All non-essential traffic was banned from the roads from late night to early morning. Most cars were kept off the road. The only people on the roadways were construction crews, taxi drivers who were given the okay from the government.
0: And a hand-picked few, like this guy.
2: It
3: was great fun. Uh, There were very few cars out in Stockholm, and I was like one of the very few got a permission to drive at night when it was forbidden.
2: This is Bo Holmström.
3: Well, I'm Bo Holmström. I'm a Swedish journalist. I've been working since 1960 in the television, as a television reporter. In 1967, I was working on the switch to right-hand drive traffic
2: and um, doing a lot of stories about it. Bo is actually a pretty famous broadcast journalist, kind of like a Swedish Tom Brokaw. At the time, this was the big story.
3: Oh yeah, we were on the air almost all night and and the day after two, transmitting from different points in Sweden.
2: Work crews were out putting up the hexagonal H signs, the ones reminding you to drive on the right. Plus, they had to flip around and move pretty much every street sign in the country.
3: What I saw were changing of signs turning them the other way, and uh, changing of signs at bus stops.
2: It's such a great feeling to be biking around, uh, 10 years old, and there was no traffic. A few of the random Swedes that we reached on the phone were also there on each day.
3: And then, of course, they have a, a song that was going repeatedly on the radio. Uh, I can't record it, but try to rewrite Svensson or something.
1: I you heard Svensson.
0: Roundabouts were reconfigured for people to go counterclockwise instead of clockwise. Freeway off-ramps became on-ramps. Temporary bus stops were set up in the middle of the street to accommodate buses that now had doors on the wrong side. At 4.50 a.m., a horn blared across Stockholm, and a loudspeaker announced, Now is the time to change over! And then, under the direction of thousands of traffic cops dispatched around the country, all of the cars in Sweden made their way to the right.
2: For the most part, the H-Day transition team had accounted for everything. But it was disorienting, and not everyone was a happy camper. Some people said they got lost. They were in their own city. They um,
3: had been driving there for for years. They were used to take a one-way street, for example, and it was still one way, but the other way. So they couldn't go where they wanted. I remember one old lady or middle-aged lady sitting in the passenger seat in one car we stopped and she was mad mad as hell saying we didn't want this we voted against it everybody was against going over damn politicians they didn't start a war but they're going to get thousands of people killed in the
2: traffic instead but here's the really amazing thing about h day and the shift as a whole the total number of traffic-related deaths on each day was zero. In fact, the total number of accidents went down for a while.
3: There were a lot of people thinking that this should be a catastrophe. Um, there should be thousands of dead people in, in the traffic. Uh, it didn't.
0: Likely because everyone was so freaked out about driving on what felt like the wrong side of the road that for a while, everyone drove really slowly and carefully. A year after Sweden switched sides of the road, Iceland also switched to driving on the right to be more like the rest of Europe, the United Kingdom and Ireland notwithstanding. In the 1970s, former British colonies, including Ghana and Nigeria, switched from left to right to be more like their neighbors in West Africa and the rest of the world.
2: Today, the vast majority of the world drives on the right, and in places that do drive on the left, like in the UK, movements occasionally spring up trying to get the country to switch to the
0: right. But there is one notable exception, where a country went left.
1: Office of the Prime Minister of Samoa, how may I help
2: you? Samoa. Oh, hi, this is Will Coley calling from New York. Hello, Mr. Coley.
0: Samoa is an island republic in the South Pacific, not to be confused with American Samoa, which is just east of Samoa. In 2009, they did the opposite of Sweden and nearly every other country who made the switch. They went from driving on the right to driving on the left. Will Coley called up the guy responsible for the change.
1: Okay, well, hold on for a minute. I'll transfer the call.
2: Okay, thank you so much.
0: <music> yes, this is the actual whole music for the office of. Hello. Hi, Prime Minister?
2: Yes. Uh, I am uh, the Prime Minister of Samar, For Prime Minister Malele Moy, switching to the left offered one major obvious benefit, aligning Samoa more closely with the biggest nearby economies, Australia, New Zealand, and Japan.
0: All of which drive on the left.
2: Well, it's uh, something that we have been thinking about for a long time, mainly because uh, we needed to import cheaper cars.
0: Samoa wanted to import cheap used cars from nearby Japan.
2: Japan has the cheapest second-hand car market in the
0: world. But cars in Japan are made to be driven on the left, so Samoa decided to make the switch to left-side driving. It's pure common sense. By all accounts, the day of the switch, September 7th, 2009, was really smooth. It probably helped that there were only a couple of major roads to modify. It began with a radio announcement from Prime Minister Malala Maui.
3: Today, we will... Uh, launch, the great event that will be most helpful to our livelihood, and that is uh, to drive
2: on the right-hand side of the road. And the uh, switch was magnificent. It was perfect. That was great, but you said right-hand. I think you meant left-hand, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah.
0: Stick to the right, Svensson. Prime Minister Malala Maui, stick to the left. Invisible was produced this week by Will Coley and Sam Greenspan, with Katie Mingle, Sharif Youssef, Delaney Hall, Kurt Colstead, Avery Truffleman, and me, Roman Mars. Special thanks to Peter Kincaid, author of Rules of the Road. Also thanks to Diana Kincaid, Yuan Nicholson, Gustav Algren, Ambassador Fattori Alessaya, Boris Lindquist, Kate Montague, Rowena Fatuava-Vavatao, and the Swedish Radio Archives. And thanks to our random Swedes, Kenneth Johnson, Lucas Nielsen, Hans Björkman, Mona Nortazavi, and Yula Grunitz. We are a project of 91.7 KALW in San Francisco and produced out of the offices of ArcSign. An architecture and interiors firm in beautiful downtown Oakland, California. 99% Invisible is supported by Slack, the best messaging app for teams. Slack brings all of your communication at work into one place, integrating with the tools and services that you use every day. Their mission is to make people's working lives simpler, more pleasant, more productive, and I'm going to add, more fun. Instead of a hodgepodge of email, texts, and IMs, Slack brings all of your communication into specific channels that make sense and are easily searchable you'll be amazed how essential Slack is once you get started. Slack is free to use for as long as you want, but they do have paid plans with additional features and more powerful functionality. Anyone who visits slack.com slash 99 will get $100 in credits they can use whenever they decide to upgrade to any paid plan. Go to slack.com slash 99. Support also comes from FreshBooks. If you're anything like me, you'll understand when I say that invoicing clients is the kind of task that actually inspires procrastination. It doesn't actually make any logical sense because invoices are the things that get me paid, yet I still avoid them like the plague. But I've found a better way. Our friends at FreshBooks have made it their mission to create a really easy way for freelancers and small business owners to craft and send polished, professional-looking invoices in seconds. To try FreshBooks free for 30 days, go to freshbooks.com slash 99pi and enter 99% Invisible in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And finally, this show and Radiotopia from PRX is made possible by our generous donors around the globe, The Knight Foundation and MailChimp. MailChimp just launched a new online store called Freddy & Co. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-A-N-D dot C-O, Freddy & Co. And it's a place where you can buy limited edition products made by cool companies, with 100% of the profit going to charities that MailChimp loves. Their first collaboration is with the Australian Odd Pairs Sock Company. They make really cool socks. And the charity partner is Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based organization dedicated to ending homelessness of LGBTQ youth. Check it out at freddyand.co. This week on our MailChimp newsletter, the origin of the biohazard warning symbol and the process of making a graphic that's memorable and meaningless. Do you see that? that symbol right there?
3: Yes, I do see that symbol right there.
0: Do you know what that symbol means?
3: I think it means toxic.
0: How did you know it was toxic? Or did you just remember that?
3: I remembered that it was toxic. If I didn't know it was a warning, I will just think it was a cool design.
0: Subscribe to the newsletter and get that story at 99pi.org. Much of our music came from OK Akumi from Hell Audio. That's H-E-L-Audio.org. You can find this show and like the show on Facebook. Follow us all on Twitter and Instagram. But the best way to explore the 99% invisible activity that shapes the design of our world is to click around the hundreds of stories. Now, both audio stories and print stories on 99pi.org. Utopia.